our middle or our preschool and kindergarten. They are going with Anita, Miss Anita right here. Uh, and then our middles, that is four years old to fourth grade. Uh, are they going with you, Mr. Andy? They are going with Mr. Andy. So they can grab their food, their drinks, um, any other accoutrement that they might have, and head to the back uh, with their teachers. <clears throat> All right. Maybe. Yes? Okay. Well, hello, everybody. Um, if I have not met you, my name is Graham, as you can see. Um, I am on our communication team here at, uh, at Crossroads. Uh, I also help with the production team. I'm on the lead team. Uh, I'm a board member at the, uh, the nonprofit that meets here in this building. Uh, I'm a member of the Celebrate Recovery ministry that meets on Wednesday nights. Um, I'm a boyfriend to an awesome girlfriend. Megan's over there. I'm an infrequent gym goer. I'm a part of an active friend group who does lots of different activities. I'm an amateur archer, seamster, painter, writer, hiker, climber, mechanic, and chef. In other words, I was not consulted when God decided to only put 24 hours in a day. Um, and on top of all of that, I have a full-time job as a bus driver, which means that every day of the week, I wake up early with barely enough time to get out of the house and get ready. Uh, I then hurry to work so I don't get late points put on my, um, my little record. I hop in my bus and I hurry to my first stop of the day and I pick them up and I hurry to drop them off so I can pick up the next passenger uh, and I repeat that over and over and over again until my shift is done. I then hurry from work uh, to whatever meeting uh, I have that evening or I run to the gym or I run to hang out with friends. After that, I make sure that I hurry home so that I can dive into bed so I can go to bed on time so I can get up early the next day and hurry through that day as well. Um, you've probably heard speakers before say, this message is as, just for me, uh, is as much for me as it is for you. It might be more for me today because um, as you can see, I can be a little hurried sometimes. Um, and the way that I live currently can get kind of heavy some days. Um, but with God's help, I am trying to change that. Uh, trying to, cha uh, to lay down the heavy burden that I have volunteered myself into uh, and pick up the light one that Jesus is offering. Uh, we're in our unhurried series today. Um, you know, as an unhurried person, I'm an authority to tell you about this. Um, but the, the idea of our uh, series is that if you want to experience the life of Jesus, you have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. Uh, today is our second message in the series where we talk about the easy yoke. And I'm not talking about your order at a diner. Uh, we'll get into more what an easy yoke is later. For some of you, the pace of life that I just described a second ago probably sounded pretty familiar. Just maybe swap out what your job is and what you have committed to. But the idea of running from A to B to C to D, falling asleep so you can start over, could sound pretty familiar. Because, because we are constantly bombarded with distractions, commitments, and obligations. Things like our work, our hobbies, our kids' schedules, our medical appointments, and even social media. Um, 
All of these things, every single one of them is always competing for every little shred of quiet, open time that we have in our lives. If we have a little bit of extra time, we're picking up our phones or we're picking up, um, you know, something else to keep us busy. Every yes that we give to another activity that our schedule can barely afford increases the weight and the pressure that we feel on our time and our yoke gets heavier. Oh, okay. That was a bit of a heavy opening for our uh, message today. Uh, so I'm going to take a second and I would like us to kind of collect ourselves before we continue. I have a stopwatch up here on my iPad that I'm going to start here in a second. Um, and we're going to sit in total silence for one minute, 60 seconds. All right. Um, now, you may have done this before. I feel like people like to use this as an illustration a lot, um, but it is always tough right? You're like, this is one minute. I thought, you know, one minute should have ended like three minutes ago, and we're still going. And you, because you've probably done this before, but I, when we do it this time, I want you to resist the urge to look at your phone, to giggle about how awkward the silence is with your neighbor, to mentally add something to your grocery list, or to go over that situation at work one more time in your mind, uh, or to use any other distraction that you would usually fill this kind of time with. Okay, so here we go. Give me just a second uh, to pop this in. We're going to be quiet for one minute. All right, you can now breathe. <laughs> um, that was a little uncomfortable, right? Um, because the truth is, that was one minute, right? How many minutes are in the day? I don't know the song from Rent, so someone will have to remind me if, if they know. But I don't know how many minutes are in a day, but I know that one can feel like an eternity when we're not filling it with all the things that are constantly asking us for our time all day, every day. And living an unhurried life often requires us to do things that aren't immediately comforting or comfortable, but God reassures us that it is worth it. And we see that reassurance in a verse in the book of Matthew. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 29 says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Weary and burdened. How many of you have ever felt like that was a pretty apt description for you? 
Maybe right now, that's how you feel. So I'm going to read it one more time. I should note, these are the words of Jesus. It's not just like some rando from the Bible. It is our Savior who is saying these things. So, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Sounds pretty great. But what does all of that really mean, right? Yoke, uh, learn from me and find rest for our souls. What does all of that mean? Well, let's start off with the question that you've probably been having since I made the joke about the diner earlier. What is a yoke, right? The actual definition of a yoke uh, is a piece of farming equipment that has been used for thousands of years. It's basically a piece of wood that you use to tie two animals together so they can pull something heavy, right? Because when two of them are tied together, they can pull more than just one. Um, But in this context, when Jesus is talking about it, uh, I would say that we could probably understand that word better to mean the idea of expectation, right? Because for the people he was talking to, uh, there was the expectation to follow the law of Moses, uh, a law that God gave as a gift to his people, um, the people of Israel, but that a group of micromanagers known as the Pharisees, uh, they started adding in uh, a bunch and turned it into a thousands of rules long law, and they turned God's gift into an impossible burden on the people of Israel. So it became a a list that they would check. Are you doing everything that you're, oh, no, you didn't do that, so you got to, right? It became a burden, something to hang over the heads of all of these people. It became a heavy yoke. They were tied to the law, so as they went through their day, they had to keep this thing along with them. For us, the expectation is those that we put on ourselves, that others put on us, and that society at large puts on us, right? Make sure you get a side hustle. Make sure you buy that car that you really can't afford. You need to dress in a certain way. You need to be involved in everything that you can. All of those messages, those expectations that we hear externally and internally. That's the heavy yoke. But Jesus wanted to offer them, and he wants to offer you an alternative. Not to be yoked to those worldly expectations, but to be yoked to him. Now, if two animals are tied together, they got to walk at the same pace. They have to work together. So he's saying, walk with me. Walk at my pace. Let's go through life how I think we should, instead of us running loose on our own. Now, when we think about what the solution is to our hurried life, we often think that it means uh, to stop doing things, right? Say no to those commitments, uh, stop using your phone before bed, don't listen to podcasts while you're driving, right? But, but Jesus doesn't say, just lay down your burden and you'll find rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. See, the process he's talking about is additive, also subtractive, right? He asks us to lay some things down, but there are things that we have to pick up. So, what is that easy yoke that Jesus was talking about? What do we learn when we look at his life like he tells us to? Um, There are many, many, many lessons, and we could go on for probably a whole series just called the easy yoke. Um, But we're just going to focus on three today. The first is to not worry. The second is to withdraw and be with God. And the third is to make time 
for people. Those are three pretty big ones uh, that we see throughout Jesus' life. So we'll start off uh, with the hardest one probably, which is don't worry. The Bible literally tells us, do not worry about anything, which sounds nice, but can feel like an impossible task most days. However, Jesus shows us that it is actually possible with his life because Jesus, even though he's the son of God and all that, was just a person, right? He was in touch with God closely. He had the Holy Spirit in him, just like you and I can have, right? But he was just a person, and yet still he showed that this was possible because he had many opportunities to worry and to fret and to become even frantic. Uh, But we never see him doing that. Instead, we see him trusting God in impossible situations, like whenever he needed to feed 5,000 people with only a couple loaves of bread, or whenever they were crossing a body of water and a violent storm kicked up, he was found sleeping in the boat, right? Talk about not worrying, right? When he had to wait a couple of days instead of going immediately to be with his friend who was sick and dying, we still see him being obedient and not worrying or fretting. Each of these scenarios, you and I would probably be losing our minds from the stress of expectation that was being put on us. But Jesus was carrying an easy yoke with his father. He trusted that if he did what God was telling him to do, there was no need to worry. That brings me to my next point. He withdrew to be with God. Jesus knew what God was asking him to do because he often slipped away from other people and went and spent time just listening to God. Throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus leaving what he was doing to go spend time in the desert, praying, fasting, and being close to God, right? Um, I love this quote by John Mark Comer, who I didn't grab the book. I'm sorry. Um, But uh, John Mark Comer is the guy who wrote the book that this series is uh, based on, and uh, the book is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Um, And he has this quote, Um, He says, after all, this, talking about Jesus, is the man who waited three decades to preach his very first sermon, and after one day on the job as the Messiah, he went off to the wilderness for 40 days to pray. Nothing could hurry this man, right? Like, I feel like if I started a job, I'd be like, I'm going to put in hours, first week, you know, I'm going to make a good impression. But he was on a totally different schedule. He could not be hurried. Now, not everybody has the ability to just wander off into the desert on their own, though you and I are conveniently located near a desert. Um, But we can still all make a desert or a secluded place in our daily lives. It could mean going on a drive. Thank you so much. It could mean going on a drive, uh, walking a trail. It's my personal favorite. Um, Or sitting in a specific chair with just the right light and maybe a cup of coffee and nothing else around anything that removes distractions and other voices so we can better hear from our Father could be considered your desert. Uh, so before any of us give the excuse that we haven't heard from God, and we, uh, we should probably ask ourselves, when was the last time we actually gave him space to talk, right? Because you're saying, oh, it's nice to not worry, but I don't know what he wants me to do. When was the last time that you got away from it all, got away from the noise, and just listened. That's part of the burden we got to pick up, is making that kind of space. Lastly, Jesus made time for people. Time and time again, we see Jesus uh, leaving space and time to be with the people around him. 
And it was especially the people that sort of the religious elite, the people who supposedly were closest to God, wanted nothing to do with. We could find time and time again Jesus being there ready to listen and talk with them. <clears throat> and there's a really great story about that that I would love to tell you, but actually Pastor Crystal is going to be sharing about it next week. So no spoilers. You'll have to come and find out on your own <clears throat> what's going on by that. Um, but here's another quote by our author, John Mark Comer. Hurry kills relationships. Love takes time. Hurry doesn't have it. It kills joy, gratitude, and appreciation. People in a rush don't have time to enter the goodness of the moment. It kills wisdom. Wisdom is born in the quiet and the slow. Wisdom has its own pace, and it makes you wait for it. So ask yourself, who do you have in your life that you could be there for if you weren't in such a hurry? Who do you keep your head down when you walk past them? Or whose calls do you dodge if you can? Who never gets more than a superficial greeting from you? And what would happen if you decided to leave time for them, to make space to be there for them? How would that change their lives? Now, before we move on, I have to give this away. Is there somebody who would be interested in reading this book that I could give to? I think Charlie beat you on that one. Sorry. Yeah, trade, book club. There you go. Now, there is one rule to receiving that book, and that is you have to read it. Uh, it can't just decorate your, your shelves, even though it is a very pretty book. It's a nice color of orange. Um, but yeah, right? Who is that person in your life that uh, you deliberately cut into leaving space for them because you just don't have time for that today, right? And what would it look like if you decided to leave that space? So what could it look like for us if we decided to pick up the yoke that Jesus is offering? Well, this is a poem from the Bible written by a king named David who knew what it felt like to walk alongside God through life. And it basically shows us what God's desire for life with us looks like. It's Psalm 23. It says this, a psalm of David, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters, and he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. He, uh, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, if you would just reflect back for a moment on how I described my life at the beginning of today, it doesn't look anything like this. And I would say for a lot of you, that would also be true. Right? I don't feel like I'm often allowing myself to be led by quiet waters and to rest where I'm told to rest and things like that because I'm holding on to my own yoke and I'm not allowing him to lead me. Because this doesn't happen automatically. It happens as the result of choosing to walk alongside Jesus because Jesus is offering rest for your soul for the rest of your life if you'll be willing to take it upon yourself right? There is something we have to do. We can't just leave it all up to him in the sense that we do nothing. 
we still have to choose to pick up that yoke. So I'll be honest. I feel like the last person who should be giving this message. Uh, My life looks the exact opposite of unhurried. In fact, a majority of this message was written in the back of my bus while I was waiting to pick another person up and couldn't go in quite yet, right? Um, I worked a 60-hour week this week, and it just felt so appropriate that God was saying, I want you to talk about this because, again, this is big time for me. Um, I have a lot of room to grow when it comes to refusing to worry, uh, to being alone with God, and to making time for people. Uh, and I feel ready to change, but, uh, and, and I hope you do too. So let's talk about a couple of ways right here at the end that we could start to take those steps towards putting our own burden down and picking up the yoke that he has for us. One way is you could identify a yoke that you've taken on in your life that is not of God. I know for myself that my schedule is a burden I carry and constantly worry about. That's something that uh, would really lighten my load if I turned it over to God and chose to trust him uh, and that he would be with me as I walked through my week. Um, Now that's something that we can do right now, but throughout the rest of your week, something that you could try that I would encourage you is to read Psalm 23, the the poem we just read, every day this week and remind yourself that uh, that with God you lack nothing that his yoke is easy and that his burden is light, and that that is what he wants life to look like with him. So, I'm here at the end. I would like it if my, uh, the worship team would come on up um, and get in your spots, because here, uh, right before we end the message for the night, we're going to spend one more minute in silence before we move on to worship. But this time, instead of just avoiding distraction, Right? Instead of just putting down our yoke, I want you to practice picking his up. We're about to worship him and tell him how good he is and how much we love him. So let's take this minute to, instead of fiddling with the things in front of us, collecting our neighbor's trash, adjusting in our seat, or anything like that, we take some time and just focus back on him. Pick up his yoke and see where he leads us. So I'm going to set that timer, and then we're going to spend that minute and we'll go into worship. Okay, I'm going to pray real quick, and then our worship team will start. Don't lose that feeling of of being close with him as we we spend time in worship. God, we thank you so much for this day and for each other and for you. God, we pray that you would help us as we go into this week to remember that your yoke is something we got to pick up, that it's not just going to 
uh, happen to us uh, out of nowhere, but that we need to, uh, to choose you. Help us to make that choice and to live uh, an unhurried life, a life like you did. Uh, and we ask this in your name. Amen.